and welcome everybody to the Between Two Wheels podcast. Today, it's the stage we've all been waiting for, stage 17, Ribadisella, Ribasaya to Alta de la Angrelu, 124.4 kilometers. And we've got a lot to talk about. Yesterday, there was some drama. There was reasons why people uh, did what they did. Today, it's a birthday. It's Sepp's birthday. And will it be a birthday party? Will it be spoiled? Will he cry if he wants to? We'll, we'll take a look at that. And, and you know what? We're also going to dissect a few things. Talk about the Jumbo team. And uh, are they psychopaths? Coming up. Even Chris Froome had no response to Alberto Contador today. For the last couple of years, he's looked a shadow of himself. But Contador has shone on this welter. And finally, he takes the stage victory. It's about how much time Richard Carapaz can take what is the gap going to be? He crosses it at 2.34. So, Primoz Roglic now has got 45 seconds to get there. Primoz Roglic saves La Welta by around 19, 20 seconds. 21%, it really is a, uh, a hurt zone, this. Nibali hits it once again. Now, can he? Don't forget, he's just got to find three seconds here. Four if he can. The way and Nibali goes once more in the cloud. Oh, it's almost reminiscent of his uh, job on uh, uh, the Giro d'Italia. Yeah, almost the camera. And uh, has Nibali been taken out here as well? No, well, I, think I don't think there was any contact with anybody. It's just gone pop. Here is Horner. What a performance by this man. As we say, 20 years separating the man who's won the stage and the man who quite possibly has just won the welter. 200 metres. This is going to feel like party time. And the grimace turns into a huge grin. And the clock, watch it when he crosses the line because this is the crucial timings. He gets the bonus as well, don't forget. There is Chris Horner. Has he just done it for the old guard? Yep, yep, yep. How's he done it for the old guard? Well, how's uh, Sephuth done it for the new guard? Welcome, everybody. Welcome to this podcast. Tyler Yonke. Victor's in here. He says, Tyler Yonke, Jumbo looks strong. Yes, they do. And we are All right. Let's let's get right through that. I thought it'd be interesting also, if we go back, because you saw Chris Horner there in the open. We saw Roglic uh, in, in 2020, Horner in 2013, and then the Chris Froome one. Uh, where Contador gets his last win over the line and going into the Angerlou, um on stage for, for Chris Horner. Um, and let's see which one. That was uh, stage... So stage... That was stage 20. So stage 19, he has three-second lead over... Better now. Better now, Chris says. Uh, yeah, they, they are looking very strong. Uh, he had a three-second lead uh, over Nibali going into that stage <clears throat> over the Angerlou, And he ends up putting in... Um, this, I'm just going to break this here and Horner comes into the lead and then he ends up, uh, putting in, so he has 37 seconds. So, you know, puts 30 some seconds into Nibali at the top of that climb. What did we have today? Well, we're going to go through and break this down. Uh, let's take a look here. Um, 17, 124, and this is not the correct stage. Let's, uh, let's see if the internet will work here. There we go. Uh, sorry, a spoiler if you get this here, but, um, here you go, 124.4. You've got this Cat 1 in about 75 in, uh, 6.5 kilometers at 8%. 
the 5.7 kilometer cat one at 8.5 and then the doozy 13.3 percent uh kilometers uh it's just it's an insane climb and i hope you, everybody enjoyed it today maybe we need to took look took uh, look one more thing here going into the stage let's do one more thing which is the results from yesterday we already know the results how about the gc let's see with it sepkus 29 seconds over vingago 133 over roglic and 233 over iuso 302 over moss 328 over Solaire, Mikael Landa 412, and Vlasov at 458. Now I go down to Vlad and then Uchbrix and I, uh, Almeida. They're not really too much into this. So yesterday we saw Sepkus getting dropped, quote unquote, by Moss, uh, Vlasov, uh, obviously Roglic as well. And so they're, you know, they look coming into today. The, the, the fear is he's not going to be able to really do what he needs to be able to do. He obviously showed problems yesterday. And he said, no, actually, I feel just fine. Um, what actually what's going to be happening is um, tomorrow is going to be a day that I'm going to be feeling better. It's just more made for me. So, you know, you have different kind of riders, different kind of things. I think uh, you do have a problem in that the Jonas Vingago and um, Pogacar, as a matter of fact, Roglic, uh, maybe even Ven um, Remco Venipol at some point, they are just better at all terrains, right? They don't really have the weakness. Uh, so, you know, the steep stuff to do great on. Uh, the more intense, uh, long duration stuff they do fine on as well. I'm loading up this thing to do, uh, and it for some reason is just taking forever for this. Uh, okay, here we go. We'll skip the ad and go into where we can pull this up. Oh, uh, that's why I was on the wrong wrong video. You know, we're just we don't have a. Okay, now I'm going to add this to the screen. We'll walk through the stage, kind of where it was. And some things. There's the Angrelu. It's a nasty climb. Uh, oh, it's interesting. They show it in the sunshine here because it's never in the sunshine when we're watching it. But it's a brutal, brutal climb. Uh, and you're going to show some clips here, a little spoiler alert. And here we are in this place. Uh, I think that's De La Cruz, who went down pretty hard yesterday. It's good to see him still in there. Sepkus's birthday, 20, uh, 13th. What is today? The 13th of September. And he gets a cake. Now, this looks like kind of a... I don't know that I'd want this cake, but uh, good for him. Uh, then we have the route going along the ocean there, starting up and heading up into the mountains. And there is the climb that we are looking at. Uh, once again, that brutal climb up Angerloo, which they first started going up there in 1999. And it's interesting to hear some of the old commentary about that because the the, the gearing was not what we have today. Uh, so, you know, and I saw a bunch of breakdowns yesterday. So we saw um, Vingago takes off. Sep can't chase him. They're just, you can't chase him because he is your teammate. So that is verboten. So it's a way that uh, Vingago can do things, which is, it, it, and, and by the way, I'd be very interested to see where this race would be if they were um, on different teams. Now, would Sep have been given the lead? Let's just assume all that. Coming in after Sep is in the yellow jersey, now things are the way they are. How would these stack up? I don't believe, maybe they would be hitting him harder, but I don't think Sep is losing, you know, he loses the time maybe on the Tourmalet. Maybe he's able to go with him and doesn't lose as much. He's definitely not going to lose as much as he did yesterday because no one went. Sep had to just sit there. So in a sense, you're gifting Vingigo time up the road. It's a very he's playing team tactics, but yet the team is riding mano a mano. So if Sep were to be chasing him down, dragging people along, that the team would be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. But yet you're 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 then also wanting to flip the script and saying, hey, we're we're man on man. 
okay, or guy on guy, as Roglic said. So, so it's a weird dynamic you have there. And look, no one is gifting Sepp anything. Sepp did a time trial that was very close to Vingigo. He was off of Roglic a bit, but he did fine. That is your day that you kind of said, you throw it all out there. Chris pointed this out to me yesterday. The time trial was the day that they got to go mano a mano. So now we're, we're, we're where we're at. So here we are, and now we're going to yesterday, oh, a few days ago, up to Tourmalet, uh, Vingigo rides for his daughter. That's beautiful. He gets the win. He gets 30 seconds or so. Happy birthday, Sepkus, says Victor. Yes, I believe that's is a nice thing to say uh, as well. Uh, so then you have yesterday, and he rides for Nathan, Nathan uh, Van Hoydunk. Perfectly fine. But then today is Sepkus. At what point do you have team tactics playing? Because I thought yesterday, one, it wasn't a great situation. You isolated Sepkus. He is in the red jersey. I mean, and, and really what it comes down to is a two different aspects, I believe, which is do you respect and have confidence in Sepkus's ability to ride? And then do you have a DS that can tell these uh, big shots what to do? And I don't believe the DS is able to stick his nose in there and say, you know what? You guys are riding for SEP. That's just, it, it, those guys are just not those kind of riders. So it's tough for him to do that. And then you have a SEP Kuz who is a nice guy and he isn't sticking his neck out. He's not going on the bus and going, look, I have it. I have, I, I, I've got four minutes plus on, on Landa, three on these others, two on Ioso. I'm not going to, they're not going to beat me. Confidence in me. I'm going to be the win and you guys are going to ride for me. He, he doesn't have that. He doesn't have that in him. So he's he's walking around it. And I think on the bus, they ended up saying, hey, every man for himself. Now, every man for himself is one thing. But does it mean that you then attack? And when you attack, unlike today, though, uh, attack like yesterday, the Sep can't go. He can't go after you. He's it's just it's impossible. He can't ride that way. Roglic tried to. Now he's bringing two people up there. with. It's it's a weird dynamic. And but here we are. Here we are. So here's the race uh, going up the road. Um, Evenepoel gets up in a break early on, and he gets up there with Cottonale, his teammate, and he's gotten a guy to help pull him along. He's just taking those KOMs as he should. Now, he says afterwards in an interview that Septakus told him on the line, hey, buddy, uh, we're going to kind of keep things uh, in check today. We're going to be going for the win. So Evenepoel knew that going up the road was no chance at him getting the stage win or a very slim chance. And what he was actually going to be able to do is just get the KOM. So there he goes. He goes up the road. Uh, he's got Cottonale with him. He's got a few others. At one point, Mark Soler, with 50 kilometers here, takes off to try to catch him up over this climb. This is what the first category climb, I think, because uh, this is a fairly short stage. Uh, I'm, immediately, I see this. And I go, well, OK, he's just making a desperate attempt. It's really a no go. Maybe it'd be better. For, and, and maybe it's the case that this glass climb is so steep that it's difficult for teammates to do much. And Mark Soler is not going to be able to do much. So he's like, I'm just going to make a desperate attempt at this. Maybe I get lucky. Maybe I have fantastic legs. In the end, though, he couldn't make it up to um, Evenepoel. Uh, he actually goes past Store and a few others. Evenepoel just keeps clocking up the uh, the, the the bonuses. Uh, Cottonale says, see you later to uh, Evenepoel up the, the second to last uh, category climb. Uh, Van Barl pulls off here, 23K to go. Around that point, Landis team gets on the front, and they look really strong. You've got Wout Poles, Butrago, um, Caruso, and Mikel Landa, who actually, actually, Mikel Landa ends up being one of the great rides of the day, and I, I appreciate uh, Bahrain doing what they've done here. Uh, up the road, once again, we saw him um, him being a Venipole, you know, just taking everything. 
Uh, there you go, Solaire, he's starting to fade, and then they hit the bottom of the climb, 11 plus K kilometers. You know, not until what, the last six or seven kilometers, it gets super steep. So up until then, uh, Bahrain is just drilling it on the front. They start getting into the steep stuff, Avenipole's coming back, and the field just kind of shreds itself. It's it's just working away, Avenipole gets passed, he had his fun day up there, but Poles starts to set a pace that is an infernal pace, and I thought it was a great situation for Sepp Kuth. Reason being is, I'm one, I, I'm biased here. I, I think Sepp Kuss is, and, and by the way, people have talked about, oh, he deserves to win. You don't deserve to win and then um, just get it like handed to you and, and you, like the team suffers as a result. This is a guy who has shown, <laughs> if not the second, uh, sometimes the best, at least the top three climbers in this race, bar none. I mean, he, the gap he has over Ayuso is what, 230 something going into this. So there's no real arguments as to does he deserve this? Plus you do, as I've documented over and over the last few weeks, which is his time up this climb specifically and in the tours has done two things for both Jonas and Roglic. Remember, they've only won a Grand Tour with Sepp Kuss on their team, okay? He's done a few things. One is he's defended the lead. Uh, he's put them in a position to claw their way back up. Remember, we talked about in 2020, up this specific climb, Roglic is having a bad day. Sepp could have, because at the top, they lose Carthy by 23 seconds. If it was man on just the strongest man wins, Sepp Kuss probably goes up to and gets a stage win at the top of the Angerlu over Hugh Carthy in 2020. Okay, but instead he stays back, does work, keeps riding Roglic off his wheel, keeps pulling him back up to the point where they save the the red. I think he lost the red jersey that day, but he loses like 10, 15 seconds to Carapaz. And in the end, he wins the whole race by about 19 seconds. Okay, so the, the team was very important. So the point is, and you've seen this, remember, uh, Jonas had a bad day in uh, in the, the Juro, I mean, in the Tour a few times, and Sepp has been there to help pace him up. Now, he's also put him in positions where he's destroyed everyone else off their wheels and in doing so, launched their team. So you have a defensive position that Sepp has put them in as to, to, to hold the team and also put it in an offensive position. So he's been there in those key moments, always there. So yes, in a sense, he does deserve. Now he's in also deserves the respect and the confidence for having been in those positions. Anyway, we're in this now where I think that you can't really trust his team. I, at one point, I'm like, hey, maybe Kelderman is just going to hang on to Sepp and help him today. But Kelderman's off the wheel there as well. So now you have a, a trio of Bahrain up here, Betrago, Wout, and uh, Mika Landa. Then you have Sepp Kuss, um, Roglic, uh, Vinig or Jonas, and, and, Vinigo, and uh, Vinigo up there as well. Keep powering on four plus kilometers keep going up. At one point, it's tough to see Enric Moss here at 4.4 loses touch. Ioso has already lost touch. At this point, you're going perfect. Mikhail Landa is four minutes back. There's no threat at all. He Maybe he wants the win and he's riding strong, but at some point, Watpole is going to be blowing out here. At some point, you know, Betrago is going to be blowing out here. Enric Moss is already gone. You, remember, yesterday was Ioso, Moss, and uh, Vlasov who all dropped step coasts and got four seconds or so on him with the help of Roglic. You're not concerned anymore. What do you have to do in this race to make sure that your trio is intact? And what are you going to do when the chips are down and Sepp might need some help? Or maybe he doesn't. Maybe he takes off for the win. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll continue to walk our way through this. Here we go. There, there starts to be um, uh, Mikel Landa and Betrago. They're all kind of getting worked over at uh, 2.8. 
uh, Roglic comes to the front and he starts to make a move. Now it's not, it's so steep. It's not, it's 18% they're showing here. Sepkus goes up there. Mikel Landa, he lets Landa kind of drag him up there. Jonas is up there. Vlasov is slaying behind. All these guys are slaying behind. Roglic then kind of keeps pushing on. And next thing you know, it's Roglic, Vingago, and Sepkus, the three of them. And they've distanced Mikel Landa and they're ready to just take this on. At this point, once again, two kilometers or so to go. It's all, and by the way, he crust over at the one kilometer. It's a little bit of a pitch, and then it starts to even off, and it goes downhill. So you're not talking about maybe a one kilometer climb left to go here. And uh, Sepkus, they come around the corner. He has a little bit of a distance. He 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 was on the wheel of Roglic. He lets Vingigo take that, and then he's on there, and he starts to have a little bit of a trouble. And he gets on the radio, and he says, "We don't know." He I haven't heard what he said. There was an immediate notification from the Jumbo team that came out and said, oh, Sep said, go, boys. I'm dropped. Okay. Then later on, the team says, oh, uh, what, when they, someone asked, what did they say on the radio? The, the guy's like, oh, I, I, didn't, I, I didn't hear it. We didn't hear anything. Matter of fact, we couldn't even see anything because we couldn't see anything because we didn't have TV coverage. But yet, in that same interview, Grisham, I think, or, or the, 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 the manager also says, Oh yeah, and then I knew that Enric Moss was dropped, and I said, "I'm like, ah, you you knew these guys were dropped. You didn't know Seth was something. It, it, the, the media, the the PR going out from this guy, this whole team is really kind of just weird and shitty, in my opinion. So Seth Seth starts getting dropped here. He's climbing hard. He's he's working. It, it reminds me of the if you watch back into 2013 or even hear Chris Horner talk about this. It was in a similar situation here where Nibali had him and he drops his head and he says to it in his own in commentary that I gave up at this point. Brings his head back up, says, uh, maybe I'm not. And he keeps pushing on and ends up catching him, passing him, and winning, obviously, or not the the, the stage, but ends up winning the Vuelta. Sepkus almost has a moment like that here. Here he's he's done, but yet he's still fighting hard. Next thing you know, Mikel Landa comes up and Mikel Landa saves the day. I don't know what his intent was, other than maybe he's just like I don't like those two guys up there. They beat the crap out of me all the time. I like Sepkus. I'm going to help him out. So he comes on the front here with the last kilometer and a half and drags this. They had twenty some seconds lead over Sepkus at one point. Over the one kilometer, uh, you know, when Sep comes up, when they come over the one K to go, they have about 16, and then they drill it into the finish. It is an interesting thing. They, they've distanced Sep. The two of them are going to come across the line. And so what is the impetus to drill it and to sprint? I, it's only to, it, you can't think of anything else other than we've distanced Sep Kuss, and now I'm going to go. Now, let's, let's reverse this a little bit here. Who is in the lead here? Roglic is what, 30 seconds or so behind Vingigo, or more than that, right? So about that that pace there. So you're not going to jump in front of uh, Vingigo by coming across the line. You're going to get a time bonus, and that's important because you're, if, if Roglic gets the, the, the time bonus first, then it's going to be more difficult for, you know, obviously, Vingigo. I think it's 10.64 time bonus. So it's important that um, Vingigo isn't the first to look across the line. But they are drilling it into the finish here, and they don't even post up until after it comes across the line because they're too interested in making sure every second counts. So Roglic gets the win. Vingigo gets second. They both get time bonuses. And then you see coming over the top, uh, Sepp Kuss. He even has time around the one uh, 100 meters to go. He waves to someone. Maybe his wife's up there. Uh, but comes around the finish here uh, and does get the time bonus over 
Mika Landa at 18 seconds. So he pops in there and he's able to keep the red jersey. Now he says in an interview, look, Mika Landa deserved to have the third place podium, but I felt like I needed to get across the line at least for uh, for the time bonuses. And, and I understand. And I hope Mikel Landa understands that as well. Maybe pop him a few little dollars out of this uh, if you end up winning this thing overall. Uh, and then the rest of the guys came in. But you know what? It was a it was a devastating day for the GC. And then here's the here this picture here is this is the abusive relationship situation we have here. Step Coos goes, these guys are my friends. Um, we're we're good. These are my friends. And I'm like, sir, um, <laughs> this girl is sleeping around in on in your face she's banging your friend right in front of you and you're like oh i'm still good friends they i i'm sorry they don't when and, and i put this in perspective of when we listen and i i would play the the interviews but they'll strike our channel so um if we were to play those it's almost psychopathic behavior from all of these guys except for sepkus okay so here's the, here you go. There's Roglic, Vinigo, Sepkus, 19 seconds. 19 seconds is all they got from him for the last two kilometers. So when you say the guys are just riding out and, and you know, the, the strongest win is 19 seconds when you've got two of the world's best climbers, uh, GC guys over here dumping him and, and, and that's your team leader. There's a devastating mental effect that goes into of getting dropped by your, your guys that are supposed to be your friends and your teammates, and yet it was only 19 seconds. At this point, everyone shut up about this gifting stuff. Okay, there's no gifts that have been given. Matter of fact, Sepkus is racing against the field and he's racing against his teammates. That's very clear to see. There was no no advantage, no reason for them to drill it at this point. They could have sat up, they could have walked their way in and uh, not sat up, but they could have just eased off a bit. And then it would have been uh, probably a different story. So there's Roglic on the win. Let's see if they do the overall uh on this one there you go sepkus now eight seconds over vingigo it's like the 1989 tour de france um roglic a minute eight see look at that that's it's it's a minute different between roglic and vingigo what is your point of, of doing this iusu four minutes back 416 to landa 430 to onrik moss sepkus put on a clinic as far as uh distancing himself from everyone else and staying in the thing. Okay, let's go to the comments here. Uh, Brian says, Team Judas Fisma. That's good. Uh, they keep saying, as long as the three of us are together, what's the plan if Sep has a bike problem, then getting the top three isn't important anymore. A absolutely right. And that was the issue the other day. If he has a bike problem today, as an example, has a flat, when they're distancing himself, now they've he's he's screwed, really, because the car, car remember, the car's too far back as well. So I don't really know what you're talking about that. Uh, what you're going to do. Uh, Sepkus red, uh, maintains the red jersey. Yes, he does, Victor. So we're we're stoked about that. At least I'm I'm partial, obviously. Okay. I wanted to, I, man, so here's tomorrow's. Um, Sepkus seems to think that it's going to be an easier day. Um, uh, who knows? There's a cat two, a cat one, a three, a one, and a one. I really hope a breakaway gets away, takes the time bonuses out, and then we're going to see. I think they come into a circuit here, so they do those last two climbs twice. It will be interesting to see what the situation is. Okay, here, here's our, our buddy. Uh, Kurt says, be, uh, be a real shame if you had a bike problem, wouldn't it? Uh, I, I absolutely would. Uh, you're you're very astute. And I know, Kurt, look, here's what Kurt's saying to me earlier. He's like, look, uh, this is the, and by the way, this is a great Grand Tour. No matter how it shakes out, 
I have probably been more emotional about this one than any of the other ones. Uh, I did enjoy the last stage of the Vuelta, of the, the Giro, but you're right. This has been a great one. The fact that these guys are going at it the way they are has been phenomenal. Um, I'm not a fan of the way Jumbo is. And here's what's the weird thing that's happened to me, which is I, I've only been a fan of Jonas and Roglic simply because the American Sepkus is riding for them and he does such amazing work that puts them in the position. And you say, but for Sepkus, they're not going to be at least winning as easy or they may be losing. Definitely, we can document some times when they would have been losing. You just had them in the Giro this year. There was a time, I'm trying to remember which stage it was, but Almeida takes up off the road and and, and Roglic is having a rough time. Who is there to save him? Sepkus. Okay, so now let's go back and talk about the um, the interviews. So they talked to Roglic and they talked to Vinigo and they're like, um, and, and the only, it seems like a few of them, because uh, the original guy that, hey, hey, happy day, sups in red. Yeah, what did I, you did, you won, good, good. Uh, but then they actually had some interviews later and they were pushing them, hey, did you know there was a time gap? And it was so awkward. I, I, I would have, if I were those guys, I would have rather have had questions about drugs, uh, doping, <laughs> mechanical doping. That's an accusation that someone had about Sepkus the other day on, on the Tourmalet. Uh, it was, uh, trying to remember the guy's name, but he had been a, a racer and then a, a director. Uh, completely f fascinating. Um, I would rather have questions about that than the stuff that watching them do. But here's their answers, which is, and I don't have the direct quotes, but um, Roglic is, um, yeah, I knew there was a gap, uh, but I'm going. It's steep and it's man on man, guy on guy. And then he, and then he's like, so I'm, I'm going, uh, but yeah, you know, yeah, uh, Sup's uh, in red. I want Sup to win. <laughs> you wait you 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 want him to win uh but then we're still going to be racing and then Vingigo, similar stuff which is okay you took off did you know he was back there i mean he's he's right there um and you're going do you want to, yeah i want sep to win uh, i really hope he can win i'm like there, there's a few things you can do to really make this happen which is not drop him today because you, you want land is not a problem you don't need to get any distance over anybody uh roglic is right there one of you can step back there and what it has to come down to, and, and then there, uh, uh, by the way, it was just, it was baffling stuff, multiple interviews, Sasep Kous, and he's like, look, yeah, we're, we're going, you know, battling is a strange feeling today. And I, I want to win. I think I deserve to win. And I think he's feeling that more and maybe being pissed off at these guys just a little bit would be good and helpful uh, for this situation going forward. Cause we've got two tough stages uh, and stage 20 had looked really bad for, for Sep, I thought, maybe a Remco style all day, but Remco's not in the picture anymore. So maybe it's a Roglic style. It's 10 Cat 3 climbs, and we've talked about that a few times. Okay, so um, I think Jumbo's a mess. And what I've come about with this, like I said, I like those two riders specifically because Sep Kuss was handling business for them. Uh, I've come away from this tour liking Remco, disliking Vinigo, disliking Roglic, and obviously, I like Sepp Kuz, and I like Mikhail Landon. Now. I, I, things things blow, blow my mind and are uh, much different. I, I thought I would do, this is just a kind of a, hey, look at me type of thing. But um, I posted up, Chris Horner had uh, <laughs> let's do this, his video yesterday, which I thought was a, a good breakdown. He's not as critical as I am on some of this stuff. But um, in his video, uh, where'd it go? Oops, I can find it there. In his video, he had... Um, uh, I, I put a comment, okay? And it was a comment I had, I had mentioned here that I posted on Twitter, and I also posted it in the, on the Lantern Rouge podcast. And um, with, 
<laughs> and the idea was basically about, and I'll read it here in a second. As soon as this thing is done uh, clocking uh, these stupid ads, Chris Horner is making, he must be making some money on his stuff. Okay, let's go here. I'm going to pull this uh, into the screen. Okay, so this was my comment. I, I said, tomorrow is Seth's birthday. And I mentioned this, but I'm going to gloat a little bit. Tomorrow is Seth's birthday. Jonas has declared he will honor Seth by attacking on the Angerloo and take the red jersey and dedicate the victory to Seth. Almost what happened. It's it's kind of, that, that, <laughs> it kind of feels like what happened. The point is, this has like uh, over 800 uh, thumbs up. Uh, it's got like 100 comments, and it, which is fine because a lot of people thought it was funny, which I did too. Uh, I'm getting some good mileage out of that joke. Yes, I am, Brian Zimney. I'm getting a lot of mileage. Uh, the funny part is some of the people that react to this. Okay, the Lantern Rouge one, when I posted in there, some people were like, oh my God, I can't believe you're making fun of uh, Ed Van Hoydonk out when he almost died. And I'm like, well, he's not dead and I don't know him. And it seems like a stupid reason to throw team tactics out the window. Why don't you just say I'm going for the win and I'm trying to beat the shit out of Sepp Kuss. Then people in here today, all they can react to is, oh, so you want to gift uh, uh, the stage to Sepp Kuss or the race? That has nothing to do. This is a joke, people, about the, using these excuses. I mean, one, it, the, the, this what the hoi donk wouldn't have even mattered except for the day before it was his daughter's birthday and he was bawling like a bit. And I, at some point, I'm just like, I, it's bad watching some of these bike races with my wife when she's like taking care of breakfast and I'm getting there and some guy wins and she's like, oh my god, another guy is crying. And I'm like. I don't know what I would do if I won a race. I mean, uh, you know, in general, let alone the, the, the Vuelta. But yeah, it's a bit much. It's a bit much when they're crying all the time. Okay. Go to, I'm going to go up to this. Uh, and there's so many. There, this was fascinating to me because what I was interested in yesterday is uh, watching uh, different people react and um uh, for the, the stages. There were people ripping on Jumbo yesterday. I thought it was unnecessary what they were doing yesterday. I thought today, look, you, you do two things. One is like, okay, that's fine. Yesterday was was fun hoi dunk. It was whatever you had to do. Uh, Roglic then goes up the road and you, you do it. It's not the best you know, situation for Sepp Kuss, but you know, well, well, okay, fine. That's the excuse. Then you see what happened today and you go, oh, okay. I, one, I call bullshit on your daughter. I call bullshit on Van Hoydonk. Because uh, you knew he was okay by the time you were at the bottom of the climb, and I just, I just think it's a bunch of BS now. And then we, we ride today. I, I don't have any trust that this is gonna happen. Now Kurt loves this because uh, it's going to be a great race. And, and you're right, it's eight seconds, and it'll be fascinating to see what comes out of it next. So let's take a look. We, we talked about this just a moment ago, but we're gonna go one more time here. That's the stage tomorrow. Um, what are we at? 178. It's a little bit longer. You got this big popper in the middle. It's three, this, and then these two ones coming out. I'll be interested to see uh, how that plays out. Stage 19 is going to be a flat stage, so that's Caden Groves, maybe a break. And then stage 20, like I told you, 10 cat threes. Um, the only thing I could really see being a problem there is that uh, you know this might be this might be interesting. Let's say it goes into tomorrow. And there's no change. They 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 ride for Sep. It's kind of all hunky dory. And then you do the flat stage, and then they come into this one. This is a race where you can see Kelderman, Hessink, uh, Van Barl all not getting dropped. So it'll be interesting to see if any of them decide that they want Seth to win, and they could directly help him stay in position. That would be fascinating. What would also be fascinating? Let's say the jersey changes hands by three seconds. Okay, three seconds. Seth now is in second place by three seconds, and they come into this last stage. If he attacks, 
This would be fascinating to see. Misepkus attacks. Does Jonas chase him down? Think of the two times he let Jonas go up the road. Would Jonas try to come up with him? He would probably try to gap. And these climbs, I don't think, are steep enough to really get away like that. So that, that would be fascinating to me. And I think it would put more of the, uh, the problem you have in there. Okay, Brian says, the arguments against are that the strongest guy should win. This isn't Zwift. It's a team sport. And the strongest guy doesn't always win. Thankfully, the sport would be boring as an exercise contest. Absolutely right. It's a team sport for a very specific reason. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Roglic said that today. Oh, you know, the, the strong guy win. And I'm like, oh, wait, wait a second. You had Van Barl on the front for like 70 kilometers. You had uh, Hetzink, you had Kelderman, you had Tratnik. You're not going from point A to point B without some help. Okay. And that is just the facts of it. So stop with the strongest guy. And and do we say that Sepp isn't close to being the strongest guy? How do we know that? I mean, well, you're looking at the climbs. I mean, he's he loses 19 seconds today. Point is, it's 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 ridiculous comments uh, to have. So uh, that's it. That's all I'm going to do for today. I got ramped up. I really wish I could play their interviews. Maybe I'll try to get the transcripts from them, and then I could rip those guys uh, a little bit later because I wasn't fascinated with it. Johan Brahinil ripped them yesterday. Uh, Sean Kelly was all over them yesterday, and he was just as disturbed about that today. Makes you wonder what you're going to do. One last thing, and then we'll we'll be heading out here, which is um, both. Um, thanks for live streaming, Tyler. Yes, thank you, Victor. I appreciate you always coming in. Um, Roglic and Vinigo are their kind of thing is like, well, look, we're GC riders. I can't, I can't help it. You know, the, the road's open. I'm there. Uh, someone gets dropped. I can't help but just power through. It's just it's in my nature. It's the way I am. But you're all leader. And what leaders often do is they make sure that they have people around them that are going to take care of them. OK, in certain situations, you don't you know, the guy that's massaging you and the, the swan years, those are very important. So you don't have to carry your luggage. Do You treat them like shit all the time. Do you maybe give them a tip here and there? I'm not saying you're 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 doing what you do is you respect them. You give them respect for their position and what they're doing. And it helps you in the long run. This is bad um, leader management. Uh, what are the other riders going to do? You know, maybe someone comes on there and they're like, oh, these guys, uh, when the chips are down, they can't sit up for 10 seconds just to let that set come over the top. They've got to attack him. It's just it's a bizarre situation. And it shows a lack, I think, of leadership. And maybe that's the way it is with the radios nowadays, where too much is given in by the uh, the management. And I could be reading into all this. I could be reading way into too much of this, but I perfectly fine that with that. The, the radios are given it too much where um, it kind of takes some of the leadership skills away from these guys. And then you have uh, the two uh, boneheads. Uh, and, and by the way, watch the, watch the race again. Go back and listen to the interviews where they say, yeah, we want Sepp in, in red. And I'm like, I just watched this race. No, you don't. Don't, don't gaslight me. Are you a psychopath? You might be a psychopath. And then Sepp Coast says, these are my good friends. And I'm like, buddy. You are in a abusive relationship. That's all I have today, people. So thanks. Like, put the comments in here. Like the show. Do what else. Go over to Chris Horner's thing and like and maybe badmouth me over there, Kurt. Uh, and I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Thank you much.